Welcome to Paranormal Underground Radio. Join us each week as we delve into some of life's most complex questions. It's time to explore the unexplained with your hosts, Karen Frazier and Rick Hale. It is Thursday night, and if you can hear our voices, you're exactly where you need to be. She's Karen Frazier. I am Rick Hale. This is Paranormal Underground Radio at hazyradio.com. Welcome. Hello. Good evening, Karen. Hello. Hello. So, (laughs) yeah, you you guys were having a very good laugh at my expense because I am not the most computer-savvy person in the world, so that's okay. You're fairly computer literate, I've decided, Rick. (laughs) I know. it's, it's, It's so sad. It really is. I try, I pretend, but then it just comes off really bad. No, you know, I get it because I, for years, I really tried to keep up with technology. And mm-hmm. like in the last couple of years or so, I've decided to just, it's time to just let technology pass me by. No, I refuse to do that. I refuse, do you hear me? Refuse. I think it already has, Rick. <laughs> like years ago. Oh man! You know what? I you know what? I'm sure that Theo could have came in here and fixed my problem. Theo probably could have fixed your problem quite easily. I was hoping that Jamie was going to come in and rescue you, but no such luck. So, well, for for people listening, if you don't know what we're talking about, Rick has a, a lovely new set of headphones so that he can sound all nice and you know really good on right. on paranormal underground radio here but he can't quite get them to work just yet so and it's it's so weird because like okay the last ones that i had um i used for like the first three and a half years almost four years of the show and then all of a sudden one day they just decided to crap out on me all right fine whatever so it's like i've been sitting here speaking through the speakers and listening through the speakers of my computer um, which apparently hates me. So Karen buys me this new, this nice new set of headphones, and they're really great and everything. And I t- decided to try and figure them out at the last minute, and it just failed miserably. We I could mean, hear just, him cussing and swearing, but he could not hear us. <laughs> I'm just, gl- I'm just glad that the listeners at home, because this is a family show. Oh, yes. Let me tell you, folks, when Rick is frustrated, he can drop some F-bombs. <laughs> yeah. You know what? I grew up in a Catholic family. That's the thing. It's like, man, there nobody can swear like an Irish Catholic, let me tell you. That's all I heard when I was growing up. Boy, I guess not. So, Rick. <laughs> yes. Who are we going to be speaking with this evening? Tonight, we are going to be talking with... Ian White. Ian White is the author of Witchcraft and Black Magic in British Cult Cinema. He is also a journalist, an actor, and he writes uh, for Paranormal Underground. Correct, Karen? Uh, yes, he does. Sorry, you caught me just at the tail end. I had muted so I could sneeze, and I'm thinking, oh. don't don't let him ask me anything. Don't let him ask me anything. <laughs> Gee, Karen, can you tell us all about him? Yeah. So uh, he he is actually he is staying up very very late with us tonight because yeah. he is in London. Uh, I think uh, I think the uh, I think the north. Um, well, uh, he's in London, England. I know that. Yep. He's he's. It's like three o'clock in the morning there. I think we've decided. Right. Yeah. And we, you do know, love- if we calculate it the right way, and that's really sort of, you know, none of us are really super math geniuses, so there's a good chance that we're wrong. Right. 
I, uh, Oh, 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 it's 2 a.m. So, yeah, it's 2 a.m. Just checked. Uh, thank you very much. Um, yeah, so it's 2 a.m. So he has decided to stay up late to grace us with his presence. So I can't wait to talk to him because I've been talking to Ian now for a little bit over a year. And um, he is a real expert on um, the history of British witchcraft and black magic. Well, that's kind of cool because that's a subject I know nothing about. Yeah, it's something that we and rarely those ever things talk are about. so few few and far between for me, as you know. Right. <laughs> because I'm so well-versed on so many things. <laughs> yeah, but you know what? It's like, man, the second we start talking about quantum mechanics, it's like I just curl up in a corner, sucking my thumb and crying. Well, this doesn't sound like it's going to be one of those shows, so it's going to work out just fine for you. It's just worked out just fine, yep. So the frustration that I was having before the show is now gone, thankfully. So, Karen, Well, what- and that's why Cheryl played that kind of very flowing, mellow music at the top of the show, was that was our calm Rick down music. Right. You can always tell whether we have to pep Rick up or calm him down or just piss him off. Listen to the music <laughs> at the top of the show, and you'll know what kind of mood we're trying to elicit in Rick for the evening. Exactly. No, you know what? You're going to make people think that I'm like that I'm like a bad guy or that I'm moody or something like that. Yes, no, folks. <laughs> no, when, I, when I'm dealing with something new, some kind of like new technology, especially with something like that, it tends to frustrate me because yeah, I need a little I need a little tutoring with it. Yeah, no, I get it. You know, I I I'm a pretty patient person and mm-hmm. I'm pretty even keeled. It takes a lot to really get me going like mad. So, but, oh, no. but Jim is Jim is has that hair trigger. So I've decided it must be a testosterone thing. Uh, I, it could be. Um, I, you know what? It's like it's it's almost funny because it's like all I, I just it's just like a stream of of cuss words that come out of my mouth. It's like I have never been like a physically violent person in in no way. I actually am quite the coward when it comes to that kind of thing. But I tell you, I can I can swear with the best of them. Yeah, I understand. It's all right. It didn't go out over the air. You Thank know, goodness. you didn't realize Cheryl and I could hear every word. It's it's fine. <laughs> so, Karen, what's going on? What's new? Um, it's Thanksgiving next week. We're going to be off. Yes. And, you know, going to be eating turkey and stuff. So that's exciting. I've stressed my mother out because she never knows what to feed us. Right. You know, because of the gluten thing. So that'll be entertaining as well. Oh, um, yeah. I would I would imagine that you have to be extremely choosy so you don't cross-contaminate and all that stuff, right? I do. I take my own food, actually. Um, but she and I planned this time, and she's cooking the turkey, but she's cooking it in a way that it won't be touched by anything gluteny, and then I'm taking sides that I can eat. So it'll be fine. Okay. It'll all be good. So let's see what else is new. Uh, the new book is out. Yes, 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 and you've been reading a little bit of it. I have been reading a little bit, yeah, and I mean, I like it because I I like true ghost stories. I mean, you know, reading like fictional ghost stories is is great and everything, but you know, when you get like that real experience that people have, yeah, that's that's I, that, that's what I like. Yeah, well, and this is a, I mean, it's good. It's got all sorts of good real experience in it. So the book is called Pioneer Spirits. Um, you know, if you go to my website, authorkarenfraser.com, it's uh, there. There's a link to it where you can buy it. And uh, Patty Valdez and I will be at the Lewis County Historical Museum on Friday, December 5th. And we'll be, um, they're having what they call an author's evening, which is really fun. They do it for Christmas every year, the first Friday of the month. 
first Friday of December. And they have all sorts of local authors come in with their books, and you can buy books, and they sign books. They make great Christmas gifts. So we'll be there on Friday, December 5th um, from like 5 to 7. If, you know, you want to stop down, pick up a book, say hey, you know, maybe experience a ghost. Right. Yeah. I mean, and, and the place, it's just, it's so haunted. I mean, it's just, it's, it's yeah. inhabited. It's like there's one spirit for every five people that come there. <laughs> you know, I mean, great personal experiences. Yeah, yeah. And, you know, I do tend to be drawn to those kinds of places, or those kinds of places do seem to come into my life. Because, you know, I know that there are places that are just haunted by, like, a single spirit. And that's right. cool. That's all right. That's cool. Mm-hmm. But for some reason, the places that I tend to wind up tend to be super haunted. So multitudinous. Yep. Yeah. So it's a, it's a cool place, and I'm excited about I'm excited about the book. Um, you know, co-wrote it with Patty, and with lots and lots of input with from South Sound Paranormal Research. So mm-hmm. it'll all be good. Yeah. Check it check it out. Uh, it's just sort of the book is trickling out a little bit at a time. Uh I don't have the the um Kindle publication done yet, but it, it will be really soon. Right. No, it's yeah. a you know what, it's a great book. Yeah. Yeah, and I think I already have figured out the subject for my next book too, so I'm really excited. Right. I seem to be on a book roll right now. Yep. Yeah, you sure do. I uh, I need to I need to sit down and start writing again myself. Uh, I've been you know doing all the stuff with my you know by the blog that I do on Facebook and you know with various other projects that are coming up and it's like finding the time is uh, is getting a little bit difficult. Well, I know, and when you figure that I write in different categories too, so you know I'm a paranormal author, but I'm also uh, a cookbook author. Sure. So. And if you combine the two, oh my gosh! Yeah, and you know, I try to, I try to sort of keep up and and you know keep them all coming at sort of a steady pace. But yeah, mm-hmm. fantastic. I've always got something in the works. Very true. Yep. So, you know, anything else? Um, any investigations that are coming up anytime soon? Anything? Uh, we tend to go a little bit dormant this time of year. I do have a client I need to get back to um, that I just haven't yet because I've been so busy. But um, let's see what else. No, yeah, this is a really, you know, I got the kid coming home for Thanksgiving. Then he informs me today he's going to be home for a month at Christmas. And Kevin's going to be here. We're going to have two kids in the house. I said, geez, we, you know, we've gotten used to no kids in the house. Now we have to put up with two of them. <laughs> yeah, what actually, a different song I'm singing, a tune, different tune I'm singing than I was three months ago, huh? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, well, you know that's okay. I mean, you guys, you guys have got like your space now. You have your own thing that you're able to do, and have, yeah, yeah, change. Yeah, so no, not I. We don't have any big investigations. I mean, we always have places we can go if we really want to, but this gets to be a little bit of a busy time of year for our team, and so. We we tend to slow down a little bit this time of year, and we pick it back up after the first of the year. You know, plus we've got the Oregon Ghost Conference coming up. Mm-hmm. Uh, Patty and I have a few radio shows. I'm going to be on Chuck's show. Oh, uh, Patty great. and I are. Let me see. I'm going to look for the date. Cheryl probably has it, but I can probably find it e- easier. Oh, I'm going to be on Chuck's show on December 4th. Nice. 
Uh, so, you know, you can tune in and listen to three hours of me, me, me. That's what you want to do. Um, <laughs> and then I'm going to be on Robin Marie's. Oh, Cheryl didn't know that. Well, yes, Cheryl, I am. And um, I'm going to be on Robin Marie's show on December 7th, on Sunday, December 7th. Uh, her and Rob Henry show? Yeah. Yeah, that was great. I Yeah, I was uh, I was uh, one of their first guests, and cool. I really enjoyed doing their show. I mean, you know, it's always nice talking to Rob and Marie, and, uh, you know, Rob Henry is just a super guy. Yeah, well, she she emailed me quite a while ago and asked me to do it, and it just happened to be the very day that Jim had his heart attack. Yeah. And I just said, yeah, that's not going to work for me right now, but... <laughs> To get back to me, and and so she she kindly did, and then um, Patty and I in March are also uh, doing some stuff here in town. Um, at the local library system, has asked us to come in and speak and talk okay. about the museum and stuff like that. So lots of lots of talking about the museum. I foresee in my immediate future, which is good because you know what, I'm always happy to talk about the museum, just like I'm always happy to talk about Wellington. Sure. So, all right, well, let's do this. Let's take a break, come back, talk to Ian. Sound good? Correct. Yeah, sounds all great right. to me. All right, so we'll be back in just a couple minutes. Stick around. Thanks. Uh, we'll be right back. Hey, everyone. Chucky G here. Come join me on my show, In the Dark Radio, where we talk with guests on everything from ghosts to cryptids. Starting from 10.30 p.m. to 12 a.m. Eastern, come into the zone and have some fun. Right here on the Hazy Radio Network. Hazy Radio listeners, do you like animated movies and TV shows? Do you ever wonder just what goes into making the magic that appears on your screen? Join Doug Engler and Brandon Ahrens every Sunday night for Animazing Radio. Animazing will feature everything in the animation arena, from voice actors and actresses to illustrators, producers, and more. Only on Animazing Radio will you find the very best in animation from around the world. Catch Animazing Radio every Sunday night at 8 p.m. Eastern, only on the Hazy Radio Network. You are a waste, a loser. Everyone hates you. Why don't you just stay in your car and keep driving? I'm serious. Drive until you run out of gas and get out of your car and walk until you find someone who doesn't think you're dumber than bricks. Could take a while, but at least all that walking might burn a couple of calories. You may not witness bullying like this every day. Your kids do. They want to help, but they don't know how. Visit StopBullying.gov to learn safe, simple ways your child can help stop bullying. Be more than a bystander at StopBullying.gov. A message from the Ad Council.
expressed and the opinions given by
Hi, this is Hazy, and you're listening to the Hazy Radio Network. The views expressed and the opinions given by the individual hosts and their guests do not necessarily reflect those of Hazy Radio Network, its affiliates, or sponsors. All shows are independently owned and broadcast for entertainment purposes only. Hey everybody, welcome back to Paranormal Underground Radio at HazyRadio.com. We are your hosts, Karen and Rick. Joining us tonight, all the way from London, England, is Ian White. Ian White writes for Paranormal Underground Magazine. He is an actor, a journalist, as well as the author of the forthcoming Witchcraft and Black Magic in British Cult Cinema. So, uh, we're going to be talking some witchcraft tonight, and Ian, welcome to the Underground. Hi, thank you for having me, Rick. It's great to talk to you. Great, great to talk to you as well. I mean, you and I, we've been talking corresponding through Facebook and through email now for, I think, a little bit over a year. Yeah, that's right. So, Ian, what exactly is it that... Um, now, I know that there's a very long history concerning witchcraft um, in the British Isles, but what what uh, what interested you in the subject? And uh, you're, you're quite the expert on it, actually. Oh, I don't know. I think that's very kind of you, but... Um I think what really interested me, I mean, ever since I was a kid, I've been interested in the paranormal and the occult and craft and ghosts, you know, in everything to do with this sure. kind of subject. Um, and I've also had a huge interest in films. So it, it struck me about a year ago now that I couldn't remember ever seeing a book that, in, that looked at certain films, but then investigated, uh, witchcraft films, but right. investigated whether the witchcraft in those films had actually, you know, allegedly taken place or maybe could, or, you know, just, I, I, it just interested me to find out a little bit more about, uh, about the craft and about, um, and about where those ideas came from. Right. Now, when, you know, when it comes to like, when it comes to witchcraft and black magic, a lot of people, they don't seem to understand that they are two entirely different things. Is that correct? Yeah. Yes, they are. I mean, witchcraft, you can be a, a white witch, you can be a black witch. It depends. It all comes from the same place. You know, uh, a witch is believed that, a bit, my understanding is that witches believe that they can tap into an energy. And mm -hmm. when you use that energy for white magic or for black magic, that, that is down to the, the witch. Um, and if you use it for, for black magic, if you use it for, for negative purposes, then you have the problem of the threefold law, the, the idea that everything will, you send something bad out there, something bad is going to come back at you, you know, three times worse. Right. Um, yes. But with that, doesn't, so, is, then somebody who does black magic, do they not believe that? Do they not believe that it will come back at them? Yes. Um, I don't personally. I don't. I don't think they they do. Or if they, if they, if if it does, if they think it might, then um, it it obviously wouldn't worry them enough not to, not to perform the black magic. Hmm. So. You know how how common is this? Um, it's it's it just it, one of the things that amazes me about witchcraft is, is that it is still so incredibly misunderstood, even in our our day and age. Um, I myself, I mean, I have a lot of friends who are you know Wiccans or you know they they practice witchcraft. Where do you think that this um, 
um, misunderstanding arises from, and why do we still have it? I think it arises from fear. You know, okay. uh, it, that, that's really where it came from in the beginning. You know, the, the Christian church didn't like the idea that people who were practicing witchcraft... Um, are you still there? Yeah, I'm still here. Oh, sorry, I thought everything had dropped out on me here. I'm a little bit... I'm getting used to this technology. Um, oh, no, yeah, we're that, that, um, you know, that, that it was taking the focus, it was taking money away from the church, it was taking people away from the church, so they had to demonize it. Sure. And, and I think it's, okay, it's not the same thing now, but, but there is still that sense of prejudice, that sense of fear, because people don't understand it, that sense of, you know, the, the folklore has told us right from the times of, I don't know, before the Brothers Grimm, but for example, the Brothers Grimm, that the witches are, are terrible people, you know, that they throw babies into ovens, that they, they mm -hmm. want to eat children for breakfast, you know, that kind of thing. Um, and I think there is still, and, and I know, you know, with, with friends of mine, people who helped me research the book, um, mm -hmm. they won't, they, they don't like a lot of people to know that they, that they are practitioners. Because it can, um, not backfire on them, that's the wrong word, but there's nothing to backfire. But, but, but people can have the wrong idea about them, and that there can be prejudice against them. You right. know? And, um, it was another reason why I wanted to write the book. Because I think, although witches in films you know, are traditionally mostly of the, the black witch kind of sort of the evil witches, and that's a lot of fun... Um, I wanted to make a distinction between the witch of the movie and, and what witchcraft and who witches really are out in the real world. And that they're two separate things. And, you know, we should kind of separate the two and see one as, as entertainment, and that's cool. But, but, you know, not prejudice, not have that prejudice, our feelings about who people are who really practice this, this belief system. Sure. I mean, I, I, you know what? We, we've always had, like you said, we've always had this picture of the witch that the witch is a very ugly, unattractive person. But I got to be honest with you. Most of the women that I've ever met that practice witchcraft are they're anything but. Um, yeah. Not only are they physically attractive, but they're also very spiritually beautiful people. Yes. Yes, that's true. And that's exactly the, the experience that I've had. Um, the people that I've, I've met, uh, the people who helped me with the book, have been so generous and, right. you know, so forthcoming and so patient. And, and they want to share this knowledge with the people who, like me, who, who don't practice it, who aren't involved in it, but who have a genuine interest and a sympathy and an empathy for it. They, they want, you know, to reach out to the world and, and, and not have people be afraid of them and, and, and kind of stigmatize them in this way. Sure. You know, now with witchcraft, though, I mean, a lot of people would say, oh, well, this is just superstition. How is it that real witchcraft is separate from superstition? I think superstition, real, real witchcraft is, and again, as someone who's, who doesn't practice it, I can only go with, you know, bits and pieces that people have told me and things that I, I put together when I was writing the book. But it seems to me that the, the witchcraft is, um, for, for people who practice it, it's, it's a way of life. You know, it's, it's not about 
uh, you know, dreaming. It's not about some folklore or some old wives' tale kind mm -hmm. of thing. It's they they will have um, certain methods, certain techniques that they will use to to try and get things done or to help other people. You know, um, sure. they will have they. Superstition is is almost when I think of superstition personally, I think of, of the the whole you know getting worried if a black cat crosses your path kind of thing. Right. Um, and that's not what witchcraft is. Witchcraft is is um, from the people that I know very much a day to day. It's a it's a practice. It's it's a way of living for them. Well, isn't it almost? I mean, because witchcraft is a is a Wicca at least is a religion. And I look at anything um, that people do that are these spiritual practices as being no different than prayer. For instance, I meditate, I do affirmations. I think that, in my mind, that's exactly the same type of thing as, as spells and witchcraft or prayer. Would you agree with that? Yeah, I would. I would. It's, it's all about, it's about intention, isn't it? Mm -hmm. It's about, about yeah. belief and... And, yeah, being in the moment of what you believe. Well, I, I, think that, I think that that goes for any religion, actually. I mean, I could sit here, um, I'm not a Christian, mind you, but if, if I was, I could sit here and be like, oh, God, please let this person fail miserably. Um, <laughs> do you know what I'm saying? And it, that just seems to be in every, you know, faith that there is a possibility of it turning bad. Yeah, there's, there is, you know, and, and, you know, there's that temptation to want to do that. Um, and, and whatever, really, you're a, you know, a Christian, a Buddhist, a Muslim, whatever, you know, mm -hmm. you, could, you can do that. You can, you know, we, we all have these bad little thoughts that go through our heads every, you know, every so often in the day that, that sort of get up. It's how we react to them and whether we spend time obsessing on them and trying to create something real from them. Okay. Um, yeah, so, um, you know, let, let's talk a little bit about the history of witchcraft, because it seems that here in the United States and over in your part of the world, it, it seems that the history was very much different in the respect that in Scotland, I know, for example, it was common practice to burn the witch at the at the stake whereas here we hung them um now is now from what i understand that there is a sentiment right now that they want to reenact or reinstate the old witchcraft laws in england is that correct there was um oh boy a, a little while ago there was a, a politician um raised the uh, subject in the house of Commons. i can't remember exactly why or what it was about. I think it was something to do with the, you know, occasionally we, we have the, the odd, very nasty ritual killing that happens. Yeah. So it all seems to be related, most of it seems to be related to, to African magic and, and to the okay. Africa and perhaps it's sort of the, the voodoo kind of thing. It's probably not voodoo, actually, but, but you know, the, the, an African, the African religions, it's generally that. Um, and a a politician stood up in the house and said that he, uh, he advocated that we should have a return to the witchcraft laws. Um, I don't think anyone 
took him seriously on that, and certainly hope that no one took him seriously enough to, to try and pursue that. But uh, it, it's yeah, uh, it was about a year ago now, I think, that that happened. Yeah, I mean, I was I, I was I was reading about it uh, quite a bit, you know, through Facebook and stuff like that, and and uh, it it just seems like. To many people, even nowadays, here we are, we're living in the 21st century, and, uh, you know, we have all this technology, we're talking to each other thousands of miles away, but there's still that old, and I'm going gonna, I'm, I'm gonna to say the word, that old ignorance that is still involved with much of this. Yeah, no, you're absolutely right. And it, it, it scares the, you know, I can't say it on the radio show, but you can imagine a word out of me, because it's, it, it's, we, we, we have everything in front of us in terms of technology, the ability to communicate, uh, you know, more easily and faster and to travel the world faster. And we have all these great things. And yet, at the heart of us, we still don't try and understand each other. And we still almost go back to, to being afraid of what's out there in the dark and not trying to understand it, not trying to understand the things that, you know, we would rather throw rocks at, right. at something than understand than, than try and sit down with those people and, and, and find out. Sure. You know, now, one of the things that, you know, one of the reasons that you and I started talking was, is we, we, we talked quite a bit, and you have written about this for the uh, for Paranormal Underground magazine, is the uh, Charles Walton witchcraft murder. Now, this has been something that has always fascinated me about this story. Um, because it just it seems to go ac- across generations. Um, who was Charles Walton, and why is this so significant? Charles Walton was a farm laborer. He mm-hmm. was uh, seventy. He was in his seventies. I think he was seventy-four years old when he was murdered. And he was a recluse in a tiny little village in Warwickshire called Villa Compton. Mm-hmm. Uh, his neighbours, by by all. You know, by all respects, he seemed to be, you know, not disliked by people. They, they just regarded him with a, a certain suspicion. You know, they, they didn't know. He, he just lived on his own. Well, he lived with his niece, but he, he kept away from people. He did his own thing. Um, but there were suspicions that this, he, he was murdered in 1945 on, some, on Valentine's Day. And... Just before then, the crops, in, it's a farming community around there, mm-hmm. the crops failed, or the crops done very badly. And mm-hmm. there were people in the community who blamed him for it and privately believed that he, uh, there, there is um, uh, something which is due called, called crop blasting, right. which they, they attach tiny little, little plows to, um, to toads and send them out into the fields. And the idea is that that, that, that is the, the magical way of, of, well, the people of Lower Compton, for, of the way of destroying the crops. Um, See, now, you know, but, Ian, but that's, that's really surprising to me, that even as late as 1945, people were still believing that witches could affect the, affect the crops. It is quite scary, but you know, going along to a place like that, when, when I went there last year, it's still a very close kind of community, and, and once you're there, it's, it's, it's easy to see how it could happen. You know, a lot of these people, they, they stay within the community, generations grow up, 
and and mm-hmm. people don't move out of that place. You know, it becomes everybody knows everybody. Sure. And um, it's almost like the outside world doesn't really exist to them. I mean, not so much now, maybe, although it's still a very closed community, or it certainly seems to be closed there. But um, certainly in, you know, at that time, in the, the first half of the last century, in the 1940s, 1950s, it was still very much, you know, it was, it was a very close place and people just didn't go outside there. So, so uh, superstitions and um, sort of local gossip, local rumor, local uh, mistrust of things, they, they were still, you know, it was still something that happened. Right. But now, it wasn't just Charles Walton, though, that was murdered in um, this suspicion, this suspicious way that seemed like a, a ritual blood killing. Wasn't there somebody else that that was murdered in this way? About a, a hundred years or seventy years beforehand, I've, I've got my notes in front of me now, but there was um, a lady, Anne, Anne, whose surname I cannot remember at the moment, um, who was exactly the, for the same reasons. She uh, was murdered uh, very nastily. It's basically the, the, the way that the, the, they were killed was a pitchfork through the throat. And sure. their, their chest was sliced open with a bill hook with a, <laughs> with, and the side. Yeah. Um, That's and not the, brutal or anything. No, no, no. It's, <laughs> it's, it's, it's quite gentle and um, it's a Yeah, it's insane. It's insane. Um, and they, but they, they basically inscribe uh, a cross on the chest, and they let this body bleed out. The idea was that the that if you let that, that you need the witch to bleed out on the ground that they have enchanted to cancel out the enchantment, you know, to cancel out the bad spell. Um, so yeah, this was I think it was about a hundred years earlier. There was this uh, a woman uh, for the same reasons. They thought that she was sending her Nanajack toads, I think they're called, um, but the large, the large toads, sending them off into the, into the um, fields to destroy the crops. So this one particular person who, from the village who believed also that she had enchanted him and that she was a, uh, the head of a, of a coven of I think 13 witches. He, he said that there were 13 witches who had placed enchantment on him. Um, for the good of the village and for the good of the crops, he decided to uh, take it into his own hands and, and, and murder this poor lady. Yeah, it's, uh, I mean, they're both very, you know, interesting and brutal deaths. Um, I've never even conceived of doing such a thing, but um. So let's let's well, get thank back. Thank goodness to, for that, Rick. Well, no, no, no. What I mean is, is that you know somebody would be that uh, brutal to yeah, do that. Yeah, it's pretty brutal. Yeah. So let's let, let's go back to you know witchcraft in media. Um, what do you think, or, or in in British cult cinemas, um, do you think that this is just something that? Um, that they did say back in like the 60s and the 70s, you know, with like Matthew Hopkins, Witchfinder General, you know, uh, Vincent Price. That was, I, I love that movie. I, mm. I, I haven't seen it in years, 
but I remember loving that movie as a kid. I was a huge Vincent Price. But um, they always seem to, you know, to follow the same thing. We find out who the witches are, and then we're going to go and kill them. Um, how, how, is, how are such movies received in general to the British public? People enjoy them. You know, yeah. people love to see a, a film where, you know, we, we all like the good guy and the bad guy. And, and unfortunately for the, for the witch, she, and he sometimes, but more often than not, she is, is the bad guy. She's the, the one that we all love to hate. So, mm-hmm. you know, it, it, it's especially in the, in the 60s, there was a, a little run of these kind of movies, which, you know, obviously, you, you have a look in my book, you'll see the movies like The Witches, uh, mm-hmm. the films. Um, uh, there was a, a movie called Eye of the Devil, which was all about the whole, you know, the, the crop, the, the harvesting, the ritual sacrifice for the crops. Um, sure. uh, Curse the Crimson Altar, which was all about a, a, a vengeful witch. People, most of these witches were vengeful witches. You know, they were coming back to to rain havoc on the descendants of the people who had killed them. Sure. And it made for a good story. You know, it's, it's a good kind of pot-boiling, sort of EC comic sort of, sort of story. Yeah. Yeah, I, def- yeah I, I like those two. I actually collect um, old horror comic books from the 60s and 70s. You know, one of the things that always interests me about, you know, witchcraft lore and about witchcraft movies about witchcraft, it always is a woman. Um mm. Now, why why is that? Because I know that there are plenty of men that do practice Wicca and witchcraft and and black magic. But why is it? Why the woman? Why do they always go after the female? Uh, I I think that began with um, a nasty little guy called Heinrich Kramer, who was the the person who um, who wrote the Malleus Maleficarum, the Hammer of the Witches. Which, thanks to the, the press, the new invention of, of the, the press, got out across the world and a lot of people read it. And, and Kramer had an issue with women. Although in the Malleus Maleficarum, they do actually, he does admit that, that men, there are men, some men who can be witches. Yeah. Um, are they witches or are they warlocks? I mean, <laughs> is um, it. Well, they call them, yeah, we call. The, the male witcher warlock, but I haven't actually come across too much of that in the research I was doing. They all, everyone seems to come down to being called a witch. You know, I, but I think in the Malleus Maleficarum, he talks about uh, male witches and female witches. And I don't think the warlock is actually mentioned in that. Okay. I could okay. be wrong, but, um, but you know, he's, I think it, he had his own issue with women. He thought women were completely evil. And, you know, they, they were responsible for everything bad that happened. You know, they were weak and, um, you know, you couldn't trust them. And basically, you know, if there, if there might be a handful of men out there doing this stuff, but, but it's the women you had to look out for because they were the really bad news. And, and that's, you know, then you had sort of the, the brother, then the folklore took it on, and the brothers Grimm, I know I mentioned them before, but then you've got into the fairy tale thing. You know, it was... For some reason, it was always it was always more um, more interesting, I guess, for a storyteller to, to to make the witch a woman, and it has you know just generated 
through time. That's the way it's that's the way it's happened. That now, now we think of a witch. We we always have the well, we don't always, but but most of us, you know, you have that stereotype, that archetype of of the the, the old crone with the the pointy hat and the broomstick. You know, that's right. um, it's just the way that it's it's happened, and filmmakers, you know, they're they're telling. They're telling fairy tales. They're telling, you know, fairy tales in, in pictures. So they're, they're doing it the same way. They're just using the same techniques. Sure. It's interesting because I think it says something about um, us as a Western society, I suppose, that that the association that's come with women and witches and um, I've never really thought about it before, so I'm not going to be able to form a complete thought, probably. But I just think it's it's interesting, and it says something about the way we view women in our society as well. Yeah, it's massage. That's yeah, that's what I. Was, but I'm on the line with two men, so you know, I was going to not say that. No, I think it's okay. I mean, I would, I, I would agree. Would you? Would you say so, Ian? Yeah, no, I absolutely agree. It is misogynistic. It is. Um, it's 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 insane to me. I I don't even understand the mindset you know, way back so many hundreds of years ago, and this, how people could actually look at these guys' claims. You know, when when the Malleus, for example, was was published, and and even begin to believe that, that, that any of this was a good idea, or any of this would be remotely plausible. You know, I I I still find it incredible that. Um, that people could even fall into that mindset, and it, and it is a misogyny. Um, yeah. So were men tried? Were men tried as witches, or like pretty much never? Yeah, men men were tried as witches as well, but it was rare. Yeah. Um, there were. Well, I, th- I think right across the board. You know, Rick just mentioned Matthew Hopkins. There were there were men that Matthew Hopkins tried. There was a. Uh, a guy, John Gould, who was a reverend, who um, who exposed, who didn't believe that, that that Hopkins was was a good guy and really wanted to, you know, stop all this witch hunting going along, going on. And Hopkins took it, uh, made it his interest that that he wanted to destroy John Gould. So. Uh, accusations made that John Gould was a witch, and and he was he was hung for as a witch. So you know, men men weren't sort of invulnerable to this, right? You know, and and that that happened here too um, during the witch trials in 1692. Um, I can't remember his name, but there was a minister who stood up from he was from a different town he wasn't from Salem who's like hey don't you think that this is a little bit on the insane side of course i mean he didn't say that i'm using 21st century um uh, jargon here but they immediately said witch it was like yeah. anytime you stood up against it you were called a witch anytime that's right in fact it's it's funny you you just reminded me one of the things that this Heinrich Crane guy built into the Malleus was the idea that if you dared to say that it was wrong, that what he was saying was wrong, um, then you were obviously on the side of the witches as well. So you should be in trouble. You should be investigated. But like, see, what's really interesting... Well, go ahead, Rick, what? I was just going to say, so, I mean, he built himself a nice, comfy fail-safe. Yeah, he did. <laughs> yeah. 
But what's really interesting to me is that now, when you when you look at um, in our popular lexicon, what do we call it whenever somebody is going after something and people think it's unfairly? We call it a witch hunt. Yeah, yeah, they do. They do. It's true. You know, so we acknowledge we acknowledge at least in our language that this was not okay, and yet. The prejudices are still there, I believe, against against people who practice witchcraft. Well, they still are, and obviously, in certain parts of the world, they are they are there in, in extremely dangerous ways. Again, I'm not trying to point fingers at, at the African continent, but in the African continent, you know, it is quite a regular news event that that women are mm-hmm. still, and it is mostly women, are still um, burned out there for being. Wow. For, Yes, yeah. It, it is. She was one fairly recent too. Yes. Yeah. I was reading something just the other day about. In fact, it, having said it was all, I think it was something recently about about a man who had been killed by a mob for for being a witch. So again, I guess that answers that question. But um, but you know, it's it's scary because it it does make me wonder when we have a situation like the one we were talking about a few minutes ago, when that that someone would even stand up a a supposedly intelligent, educated person would stand up, who's, who's in a government, would stand up and, and actually advocate, quite seriously advocate, a return to the witchcraft laws, or that that should even be re-examined again. I think sure. that is really scary, because it, makes, it does make me wonder, you know, how, how much it would take for us to tip right back over into, into a mob mentality, and, and yeah. you know, we could get... Hopefully we'd never get back to the burning times, but nothing would surprise me, to be honest. Well, it's a slippery slope, and what I don't understand is how this person who stood up, stood up and proposed this legislation didn't see it as religious discrimination, and I, I don't know how things are in, in England, um, but of course here in the United States, you know, we do we go out of our way to avoid any even appearance of religious discrimination I, is it the same way there yeah it is it is and it's uh, you know I, it's really annoying me that I can't remember who this guy is now and I will check that out so, and, and let you guys know you know when this is all over and I've got a chance to look at it but yes I mean there, there is you know everyone's concerned about religious discrimination over here and it's something it's a borrow and the fact that someone could actually come up but, but the fact that he stood up and said that is almost indicative or suggests to me that, that, that he doesn't look at witchcraft or a belief in as alternative religions as, or, or as an alternative beliefs as any kind of religious discrimination. It's obviously, he obviously would think in terms of religion being, you know, the, the Christian, the mainstream religions. Sure. You know, mm-hmm. whereas, whereas something like, like people who practice Wicca, people who, who are, are pagans, people who you know, who, who practice, uh, who have a belief system that he doesn't understand, not, that, that obviously doesn't, you know, fall, that, that can't fall under prejudice at all. You know, as far as he's concerned, that there can't be a discrimination. Yeah. That. I can't, you know, I just, I don't know how people can get past the cognitive dissonance that has to occur when things, when they, they come up with ideas like that that are clearly discriminatory, and I, yet they don't I, see I, it as such. I, I, I don't understand. I think it's just, it's a very, um, 
it's very blinkered, it's very disturbing, it's very... It, again, it comes down to that complete ignorance mm-hmm. of, of, of a way of life, you know, that, that, that fear of, of the way that people living a, a certain way that, that those people, the other people, don't understand. And they don't want to understand, they don't want to try it. They see it as, as almost, you know, like it puts their own uh, way of life under threat. Sure. That you know, and I think I think that's another thing. People are afraid that it, it could be catching. Sure. Well, you know, and and, and we and we kind of see that even here in Western civilization. It's like if it's not the witch, then it's the gay man. You know what I'm? You know, you 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 get what I'm saying? It's like it's just that it's the fear of what they don't understand. And back when like the Malleus Maleficarum was written, it, people were not exactly um, literate. <laughs> back then, no. but today we're so much more literate. Yeah, yeah, and and we should, you know, we have so much more understanding, or we should have more understanding of what goes on in the world and and of other cultures and of other people, and and we should, if anything, it should be much harder now to to have that kind of prejudice and that kind of ignorance. But right. but I think there is something almost deep-seated and genetic it's it's a like it's a mob mentality yeah you know for yeah. a lot of people that, that, that if if you see something you don't understand then you you get together as a group and then you just demonize it and you attack it you you wipe it out you get it out of the way um well, that's xenophobia. I mean, and isn't that it? You know, as much as I hate to admit it, I I sort of think that fearing things that are different than you or people that are different than you is kind of. I think we're hardwired for it to some extent. Yeah, I would agree. I agree. Yeah, I agree. And it takes a it takes a supreme effort to overcome that fear of otherness. I guess, for lack of a better term. Yeah, it does. It does, and. But I think, you know, that there are there are fears of otherness that I could get on. I'm trying to think of the moment while I'm saying it. I can't think of any. But there are fears of otherness that I think I could get on board with a lot more easily than the fear of of a witch. You know, oh, sure, sure. Because because that to me that that makes no sense at all. I can't see where any threat is there to to me or to society in general that, that you would have to attack that and, and try to dispose of it. Yeah, but you um, know what? I've yeah. thought that about a lot of things over the years that people are afraid of. Like Rick used the example of, of homosexuality or, you know, racism or, you know, women, feminism, all of those things. I've never been able to understand those things. Um, and yet, they still happen. I, I think that it's sadly we're a fear-based species, and it takes a significant amount of effort to and, and education and thought and all sorts of things to overcome that. I agree. I agree, yeah. and I think people. But, but before you can actually do that, people have to approach things with a slightly more open mind. Right. Hey, I have a question from Bob in chat for you, Ian. He says, um, many here in, he means in the United States, many here in certain religions connect paranormal research to witchcraft. Do they do the same thing in the UK? No. Well, not, not that I've ever come across. 
Um, okay. That mm -hmm. seems to uh, paranormal research, paranormal investigation is a completely separate thing. Well, in par I've got to tell you, I, I think in the UK, paranormal investigation and believing in ghosts and believing in UFOs and believing in, a, you know, all of that stuff, I, I find that the UK tends to be a little more accepting of that than the United States. <laughs> yeah, it's true. Although, um, as I was telling Rick, you know, I've made the mistake sometimes of, of you know, if we go on vacation somewhere, um, asking, hey, do you, are there any haunted houses around here or something? Then people just go, whoa, you know, who, who's really? this crazy guy? And yeah, well, do you know, it's funny, thinking about Matthew Hopkins, um, my wife and I went to a place called Lavenham last year, which is where a lot of the, the Matthew Hopkins, the, the witch thing took place. And, you know, it's, it's got, you know, a, a lot of, uh, a lot of Lavin, it's a beautiful place. It's still very medieval. A lot of the original buildings are there. And there are, are still the, the sites there, you know, where these things happen. And I asked the receptionist in the hotel with that uh, about, you know, was there a place to go where I could, you know, where maybe they would have some kind of exhibit or there'd be something in a, in a museum or something, you know, places that we could look at. Where, and she, reacted kind of almost sort of, I do not want to talk to you. You know, you, you, we're not here to talk about that. We don't want to, huh. we don't discuss it. Mm. And Interesting. Yeah, it, it's, it is, it's, it's, but I think people probably maybe, maybe are a, a little more, a little more open to the idea of, of especially ghosts and the, the paranormal, that, the sure. that kind of Right. Well, I also sort of, and, and you may need to correct me if I'm wrong, but I also look, think of um, the UK and Europe in general as being much more free from the same type of religious fundamentalism that we often have here in the States. Yeah, yeah. No, you're, you're right. Um, we don't have... We, we have the occasional, you know, sort of the evangelists and that kind of thing that who will come over and have their rallies over here, which are very popular among certain communities and certain groups. But we don't have that, that kind of extremism or fundamentalism, not, not to the extent that you do over there. Yeah. Well, don't you, you – you guys have a, uh, have a group over there. I think they call themselves Britain First. They're, they're sort of like that, right? Oh, are we talking about the, the UKIP thing, the whole, you know, we don't yeah. want to be a, a yes. Yeah, well, they're actually gaining uh, very, well, personally, I think, sadly, um, they're gaining quite a lot of power here because, you know, we don't have a, a government, really. <laughs> Certainly not as far <laughs> as I'm concerned. We don't, we don't actually have a political system that works right now, so, so they've really taken advantage of it. And, um, so you're not that much different. We don't have a political system yeah. that works either, so you know. Ours sucks too. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's but yeah, UKIP have, have come straight in and, and taken advantage of that, and they are they are gaining in in support and strength. It's it's quite a scary situation, I personally think, um, there because we it is it's not it's not extremism to well it's they 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 would like britain to to be you know removed from the rest of the world effectively and to and to just you know close our borders and, and not have anything to do with with anybody else that that seems to be at the heart of it 
and um, you know that that's not a very healthy way to be. I don't think. But, well, it's um, it's again, it's fear. Again, that's, yeah. that's fear driven fear driven philosophy, I believe. Yes. Yep, it is. It is. So you know, it's it just it, it, everything comes around. It, you know, everything goes around in a circle. It just maybe it has a different name and a different identity every so often, but. But we're, you know, every every little while, or so every decade, every hundred years, you know, something will happen. You know, we'll have a fear of something, and, and we'll all have our mob mentality and, and turn against something or someone. Sure. So, Ian, let me ask you this. You know, back back to back to witchcraft. You know, um, when do you think that attitudes started to change concerning it? Uh, you know, we're not going to burn people anymore or hang people or crush them to death with stones. When did that start to change? Was that because of, you know, people were able to read more? I think, uh, well, yeah, maybe, I don't know if it was because people were able to read more, but I, I think it, it just got to a point, you know, people became more enlightened. Um, right. towards the end of the 16th century. Uh, and the last witch to be executed in England was executed in 1680-something, 1684-85, I think. Um, and then there was somebody else was tried after that, but then she, a few years afterwards, but then she was found guilty, but pardoned by the Queen. You know, so it became, I think, that people were beginning to realise that, that this is... You know that this isn't the way to do things anymore. When people began to think that, that they were too enlightened to get into this, um, right. but the witchcraft acts—you know—there were still witchcraft acts through to the 1950s over here. Right. And it was funny. Someone I've, I've interviewed just recently for an article I've written for the magazine was telling me she was she's a medium and her grandmother was a medium, uh, but her, her grandmother couldn't actually go out there and, and practice being a medium because at the time she was, it was in the 50s, and it was illegal. You know, she oh. could go to prison for it. Mm. And, and it's, um, it's a strange thought. In, you know, 60, 70 years ago, people could still uh, maybe be sent to, or in, in theory, could, could be sent to jail for, for you know, practicing for being a medium. Hmm. Yeah, well, it, it just seems... Go ahead. I was just going to say, it, you know, it just seems that over in England, it, it, um, it seems to be so much... When it comes to paranormal investigation, it seems to be so much more um, accepted to, um, you know, em employ the gifts of a medium. Rather, over here, we sort of like, eh, we don't want to deal with that kind of thing. Yeah. Yeah, I think I think you're right. I don't, as you know, I, I don't investigate, but when I've spoken to quite a few people who, who do and are members of investigation teams, I think pretty much everyone that I've spoken to has either had a medium on, on their team or um, certainly doesn't, you know, reject the idea of using a medium. Sure. Well, I think a majority of teams have mediums on them, whether the people that are mediums admit to it or not, because when you investigate the paranormal, you can't help but become more sensitive to it, and you start to rely on things like your senses and how you feel and locations and things. And I hate to tell people this, but that's using psychic abilities, and that's using mediumship. Yeah. Yeah, it's true. It's, it's intuition. It all comes from a, from a psychic place. 
we just don't realize it. Again, we don't, you know, most of us don't try and tune into it, do we? We just don't notice it. We, we think if something happens that, that jars with us, most people might, if they think of it at all, they'll think of it as it's a coincidence. Um, people don't follow their instincts. Their instinct comes from that same place, I believe. I believe yeah. so, too. I think we all have it. Yeah. I think that denial, um, <laughs> societal conditioning, things like that, lead us to believe that we don't have those abilities. But I think if people start to pay attention and use them, they'll grow stronger I, with them. I think you're right. I think it's one of those fascinating things. Our, our goddaughter is two years old, and um, she will... She, in our, we've just moved house, but in our flat, the flat we've moved, that we moved out of in London, um, she came to visit us and she sat on the kitchen floor and just looked at the doorway. And she was, there was someone in the doorway that we couldn't see. Now, I've sometimes had a feeling, I used to say to my wife, there is somebody in this flat, you know, this flat tent. Um, but my wife's, you know, not, not really into this idea at all. It's nothing that I ever saw, I just had that sense. But Astrid, you could see that she was following this this entity around and she mm-hmm. spoke to her mother about it the next day that's how come she she said that she saw mm-hmm. a girl in our doorway in our flat in the kitchen and um but the, and i think the sad thing is that i hope it won't happen with her it, it may well not because because her parents are really you know sympathetic to these kind of things as well but with a lot of children it's socialized out of them isn't it so by the time mm-hmm. they're six seven 10 years old, you know, this isn't, they, they stop seeing these things anymore, I think, you know, they, they, because, you know, it's just wiped out, it's not something that's, it's not real, it's not real. It's socialized right. out to an extent, and, and but I, I can speak from personal experience here, until the dam breaks, <laughs> and then yeah. it comes <laughs> back, but that can be, but by then, if you, here's what I think is that when we socialize it out of kids, we're teaching them that there's something shadowy or dark or wrong or bad about it. So at some point, if you've got really strong abilities, those abilities are going to force their way into your life. And what happens is if we've had it socialized out as kids, once we're adults and this happens and it forces our way into our lives, we see it as something that's scary, something that's wrong, and it's um, it's much harder to deal with than if we had have just allowed it in the kids from the time they were small. Yeah, no, no, you're right, you're right, and the other people don't want to know about it. So if, if you do say, hey, I saw, you know, someone in that room and they're not there anymore, I saw a ghost down here, or, or this strange thing happened, people will most likely look at you like you're crazy, but part of the reason for that is, is because they've got a fear. They, they don't mm-hmm. want to think about that stuff either. Yeah. Well, you know, I've stopped worrying about people looking at me like I'm crazy. I just walk around and talk if I see them now. I'll talk to them <laughs> if I know they're there. And, you know, people kind of give me the side eye, but what can you do? At least I'm not yeah. walking around with a fly swatter swinging at things. Exactly. Well, <laughs> you know, in, oh, sorry. No, 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 go for it. Oh, I was just going to say, it's like, you know, I'm kind of in the same um, you know, both that you're in, you know, with your wife and with your child, because my Theo, he he sees things, and I know he does because I sense them right before he sees them. And um, you know, my wife is always like, you know, I understand what you're interested in, I understand that you can do these things, but let's not push it on Theo. Now I have to respect that because that is what my wife wants, but at the same time, it's like 
I don't want to have happen to him what happened to me growing up. Yeah. It won't. It won't because you're his father. You right. know, my Tanner, my son, same thing, was raised, you know, with me, you know, Miss Everything Goes, and his dad, who's very closed off to those types of things, and then his stepfather, who, you know, has come to believe those things only because he's been married to strange, weird me for the last 12 years. But, <laughs> but you know, so Tanner's kind of had all of those things. And he's in that phase right now where he's 18 and he doesn't want to deal with it, and that's fine. Um, but he doesn't, it's not because he's ashamed of it or embarrassed by it. He just doesn't want to deal with it. Yeah. No, I think, and Karen's right, I think. It's, um, you know, your son is, is gonna, he's, he's gonna grow up, obviously he'll be around you and he'll, he understands what you're doing and I, th I think there's a difference between, you know, forcing something onto a child or just, just letting it happen, just, just not, just treating these things normally. You know, yes, allowing you it. It's, all yeah. you have to do is allow it and, and Jamie's not gonna say, now Theo, don't do that. You well, know. it's funny, right? I mean, I said I said to Jamie the other day, I'm like, you know, I said to her, I'm like, do you realize that he is going to grow up knowing some very weird people? And she just sort of sat back and thought for a minute. She's like, yeah, he really is, isn't he? It's okay. Tanner turned out fine. Have just have her look at my kid. If she's worried, he turned out fine. He's been oh, around weird people his entire life, and he's he's doing fine. Yeah. So and sometimes good people are the, are the best people. That's right. Absolutely. Not all the time, but, you know, you need some weirdness in your life. Oh, well, see, that's Tanner got the weird jackpot because he has me as a mom. He, he <laughs> I'll do stuff sometimes like, you know, call him and say, is everything okay? And it'll freak his friends out because he's having a bad day or whatever. And he just says, you know, that's just my mom. <laughs> <laughs> I wish my mom could do that. Oh, well, his can. And, you know, I... I, I I need to I need to sort of cut that off a little bit because he's off on his own now. He's a college student, but yeah, <laughs> he's. So no, Theo, my point is, Theo will be fine. No, I know. No, I know. And he's got a so, great mom. Jamie's a wonderful yes, mother. Yes. Jamie so. is a yeah. She's a great person. Yep. So it's all so, good. Yep, it's all good. So I guess this brings us to the time, Karen. Oh, is it? Um, I was it so is. busy having a conversation, I forgot. So, Ian, we have a time on our show, which is now, that we call Shameless Self-Promotion Corner. Now, I know you have a book coming out, and I know you probably have some great articles coming out for Paranormal Underground and any other projects. Any way you would like to shamelessly self-promote at this time, this is your chance. Oh, okay. All right. Um, the book. The book is coming out, Witchcraft and Black Magic in British Cult Cinema, is going to be published by Hemlock Books in the UK on December the 1st, um, which is just in time for Christmas, and um, the website for Hemlock is www.hemlockbook.co.uk. Uh, um, Paranormal Underground, um, yeah, I'm... I've Put some other things to them. I'm, I I'm not just saying this because we're talking to each other, but but I love writing for Paranormal Underground. It's such a blast. And um, we've got. Uh, I just interviewed somebody about uh, the Black Eyed Children, which oh, I don't cool. know if that's very cool. So that'll be that'll be out there soon. Um, I've got a the publisher of my new book, 
because somebody asked me to do a, a follow-up about Ghosts and Hauntings, which hopefully will be out around probably about this time next year, so, so maybe we'll be able to chat about that. And um, I should have a quick plug for uh, my friend and colleague Simon Fitzjohn, who the, the book that I've written is part of a series called The Hemlock Horror Companions, and I'm number two, and Simon's got the number one book um, about a director called Bob Clark, which is being released on the same day, so um, I'd like to give Simon's book a bit of a plug as well. So, so okay. there you go. There you go. That's my, my shameless self-promotion. Well, that was pretty good. That was good. <laughs> yeah, and you know, we look forward to more of your articles in the magazine and look forward to your book coming out. I hope you I wish you all the success with it and I hope you'll come back on and talk to us when your next book comes out too. Oh, I would I would love to come back on and I'll I'll be more familiar with how this Skype thing works next time. And you know what? Off. You did fine. Mm. You did fantastic. <laughs> yep. So Perfect. you've got you, now as soon as you hang up, are you going to sleep? Uh, do you know I'm slightly buzzing now. I've drunk so much coffee. I think <laughs> I'm, I'm somewhere at the top of the ceiling of the bedroom right now where I'm having this conversation. So, um, yeah, I don't know. All bets are off. All bets are off with my body clock. Well, thank you so much for staying up late to talk to us on yeah, Paranormal Underground. We have about 15 minutes of business to take care of at the end of the show, but it's late for you and you're welcome to hang up. You don't have to stick around. And we really appreciate talking to you, Ian. It's been a lot of fun. Great. Oh, talking to you guys as well, and and it's so nice to finally, you know, be able to to use voices and um, <laughs> and not type things out. Right. It's been great, Devo. All right. Well, come back on again when your next book comes out, and we'll look forward to your articles in the magazine. Get some sleep, huh? I will do my best. All right. Good night. Thanks, Bye now. Bye. 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 Well, uh, wow, that was some fascinating stuff. Um, I wrote yeah. an article about about witchcraft and Wicca for Paranormal Underground. Oh God, like a long time ago. But I like you can fit what I know into a thimble compared to what Ian knows. So, yeah. well, you know, it's it's it, it's always nice to have that person on the show. That I mean, it's like they they can they really really know their subject. You know, their stuff, yeah. That subject, yeah, absolutely. Well, cool. Yeah, he was he was interesting. I'll look forward to talking to him after his after his next book too. He's into some good stuff, and you know we like people like that. Plus, it's always interesting to me to sort of look at the differences because the way that I see like the UK and the paranormal is that like they are all so cool and okay with it, and nobody yeah. would even give me the side eye over there. And of course, he dispelled a little bit of that. <laughs> <laughs> But it, it is interesting to see the differences in the in the two, you know, differences across the pond. Right. Yeah, and you know, we, we've been here in the United States, for example. I mean, we owe a lot of this, of course, to the advent of the paranormal reality TV show, and uh, they were actually the first to have that kind of thing, you know, with, yeah. with the mock with Most Haunted, which you know, I know that a lot of people are going to say, "Oh God, Most Haunted." It's like. I like Most Haunted. I'll admit, I look for it on YouTube and I watch it. I, I enjoy it immensely. I, and I actually, I enjoy a lot of British paranormal television shows. Yeah. Well, yeah. there you go. And I do. I, I still I still think they're living the dream over there. They're right. living the dream while we're having to fight for, for you know, 
recognition, not recognition, for uh, acceptance. And, you know, it's grass is always greener on the other side. You know what I'm saying? Uh Uh-oh, Jim must be home. The dogs are going to bark. Here's the puppies. That's right. Well, we almost made it through the show without him doing it. So, Cheryl. Hey, guys. Hey, so I'm going to have you talk about magazine and radio business while I mute for a minute, okay? Good, good, good. Yep. Um, thanks to Ian uh, for joining us. I'm um, really looking forward to having him back again soon. Um, that was just fascinating conversation. So that was awesome. Uh, next week on Paranormal Underground Radio, we will be off Actually, it's Thanksgiving, so we are going to be enjoying going to be shoving our faces full of turkey and stuff. Oh, yeah. Lots Visiting of Visiting family, yeah. having those awkward family Thanksgiving dinners <laughs> where all of the simmering tensions are under the surface. And, yeah. Good stuff. You know Good what? Times. It's awesome. Yeah, it's it's awesome with Jamie's family because we just we sit around, we eat, uh, we tell funny stories, and get kind of drunk. So it's a lot of fun. <laughs> oh, see, that does sound like fun. Actually, we're we're just going up to see my parents, and nobody else is going to be there. It'll be just fine. You know, we get along with my parents just fine. So, and Tanner mm-hmm. will be home, even though, like I say now, I'm gonna have to have somebody somebody who's not an adult in the house for like four or five days. <laughs> I know how things have changed, huh? Right. Yeah. <laughs> so we're off next week, but we have some good shows coming up after next week, right? We do. Um, December, we she will She sounds have... so tentative about it. Well, we do. Oh, no, not at all. <laughs> Definitely we do. Um, December 4th, <laughs> there you go. Willie Windwalker Gibson is coming back. He is a shaman and supernatural consultant and paranormal investigator. Oh, he and was fun. Yeah, he yeah, was he on was. a few months ago just i mean we barely scratched the surface so um he's coming back to chat isn't he a member of the paranormal clergy too he is yes 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 and december 11th paranormal expeditions and uh you can go to paranormalexpeditions.com to check them out they um investigate and uh document their investigations on a web series online and then december 18th our good friend rob st helen Paranormal Investigator yeah. is coming back on the show. It's been quite a while since Rob's joined us, but he has a story to tell that's, that's um, wow, it's pretty fascinating. So, um, And he's going to talk about a place that we haven't talked about on this show yet. So, Oh, awesome. Yeah. 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 And you know what? And, and we could talk chickens with Rob, too. I'm sure Jamie would love to get on and talk chickens with him because I do blame him. Because she wants all these chickens. Well, so here's the thing. I don't think we're going to turn Paranormal Underground into the Let's Talk Chickens show. No, I just just can't see that happening, Rick. (laughs) (laughs) So Jamie may have to talk to him a different time. But yeah, Rob is, you're right. Rob Rob started the whole chicken thing, didn't he? Yeah, he did. Mm -hmm. So thanks, Rob. (laughs) Yep. You know, and Rob is also the one who shares custody of... uh, Leonard with me so my little Wellington boy my little boy Wellington ghost oh okay Rob and I share custody he doesn't come around much to either one of us anymore but he still every once in a while you know pops in from the other side just to say hey so and um any magazine news no I have nothing for you on that nothing well you're waiting for articles from me I am 
you know, I may just do for my dream interpretation column, yeah. I may just do some of the effed up dreams I've been having. <laughs> I don't know what I've been eating. I don't know. just been the Uh-oh. weirdest dreams lately. But, hey, if you want to be saved from learning about my crazy psyche and you really want to, trust me, yeah. please no. submit your dreams. No, um, I, I sent you one. To- did you get it? No, no, no. I got that. Okay, I'm going to interpret that. But I'm cool. just I'm just issuing a warning to our listeners yeah. that they really want more interesting and less screwed up dreams than what I have. So send them to editor at paranormalunderground.net. Yes. That would be fabulous. Yes. It would. It would be great. Yeah. So, and I'll interpret them. They'll come out in the magazine. We can leave you completely anonymous if you don't want people to know how messed up your dreams are. And trust me, even the most messed up dreams sometimes have the most mundane or even hopeful meanings. Like my messed up dream last night, totally, I mean, I totally know what it was about. And it totally, it's like a good meaning. But Mm -hmm. it seemed really messed up when it was (laughs) happening. Basically, it was a dream that was telling me that things had been a bumpy ride, but they were going to be okay, you know. So, hey, it's all good. Um, let's see what else. Uh, what? I was just going to say, I have a quick question. I never remember my dreams, like ever. But I know that I dream. I, I mean, it's it's you know, it's a statistical certainty that I dream. Does that mean anything that I never remember? Yeah, them? it means you don't wake up right after them, or you actually remember them the second you wake up, but they you forget them. Dreams are so easy to forget, and so if you mm-hmm. want to remember your dreams, um, what I what most people will suggest you do is keep a pad and paper next to the bed, and if you wake up, write it down mm-hmm. as soon as you wake up so that you remember okay. it. Um, okay. You know, and that may be important or it may not. Uh, it's up to you. Okay, but. Um, yeah, so I I remember a lot of my dreams, but I wake up a lot because I have a lot of pain, and so at night I wake up a lot just from dogs and pain, you know, because the dogs sleep with us too. So really, I don't sleep yeah. much. <laughs> anyway, so Cheryl, what's Chucky e. G got coming up? Well, Chucky e. G will be talking to our good friend Elaine Davison of Western oh. Oregon Organization of Paranormal Investigators, aka Wookie. Uh, she is also the author of An Investigator's Guide to Paranormal Safety. And so safety will probably be the topic of the hour. Yeah. And there is just some insane stories that Elaine has collected about paranormal investigation gone wrong. So you're going to want to Well, and they tuned. keep coming up. Mm-hmm. I mean, if you if you follow Paranormal Safety on Facebook, mm-hmm. she'll people send her now that she's like Paranormal Safety Lady. Yeah. People send her stories all the time. I got a sliver in my finger, a splinter, and I sent it to her and she she didn't post it on the website or anything. <gasps> what? Right? I had wow. a splinter, man. It required a band-aid. <laughs> A splinter that required a Band-Aid? Can you That's believe it? Never splinter. had it. Never had it. I know. And, she, and and that was not good enough for the Paranormal Safety Facebook page. <laughs> I even well. sent her a picture of the Band-Aid. <laughs> <laughs> I texted it to her, actually, like as soon as it got put on my finger. <laughs> So anyway, stick around for that because, you know, here's the thing. People don't think about paranormal safety a lot because we're so excited about the um, other stuff, you know, the EVPs and the ghosts and the experiences. But you want to keep from becoming a ghost yourself. And there are really a lot of hidden dangers in paranormal investigation that people just don't think about. And Elaine can help you think about those. And, um, you know, it's all good. So stick around and listen to that. Be a good show. 
for sure. For sure. So earlier, you know, when it was time to end the first segment of the show, I totally whiffed it because I got distracted. <laughs> but I think I can end the show tonight and do it the right way. We get off the air. We sign off for the for the commercials, and Cheryl's like, uh, what happened there, Karen? <laughs> <laughs> that was entertaining. Oh, these things, they happen. Anyway, so, um, hey, we're off next week. We'll be back in two weeks, Thursday night, 6 p.m. Pacific, 9 p.m. Eastern, other times in the flyover states. You guys, be sure you come back and listen to us. Have a happy Thanksgiving. And, you know, if there's anything that we're grateful here at Paranormal Underground, it's our listeners isn't that, and readers. Isn't that right, guys? That is yeah, right. Absolutely. 100%. You are the reason we do what we do, and we're very thankful for that. And maybe, you know, when my family bows its head in prayer on Thanksgiving night, I'll whisper that in my brain because I don't actually mention the paranormal out loud at family gatherings. But, you know, but in my head, I'll give thanks for all of you. Thanks. Sound good? Yes. All right. So come back in two weeks. Thank you for listening to Paranormal Underground. See, I whiffed it again, Cheryl. Thank you for listening to Paranormal Underground Radio on the Hazy Radio Network. We'll talk to you in two weeks, and you have a happy turkey day. If you'd like to be on Paranormal Underground Radio, email editor at paranormalunderground.net. Until next time, keep exploring the unexplained at paranormalunderground.net. Please join us next week for Paranormal Underground Radio on the Hazy Radio Network.